Welcome to Spiritual Changemakers, the podcast that guides you through tough times with practical tools and inspiring stories. I'm Andrea Thomas, your host and the Sacred Transitions Coach. Join us as we hear from spiritual changemakers who have connected with their higher power and overcame adversity. Whether you are navigating a difficult transition or seeking to deepen your spiritual practice, our podcast provides guidance to help you find magic in the change. Come on this journey of self-discovery, empowerment, and transformation with us and unlock your potential to become your best self. Today we have an amazing guest. I'm so excited. We made it happen. I we have Adam Roam on in the <laughs> Welcome, Adam. We have been like having so many back and forth messages to finally make it happen. And I really want to say that I appreciate you so much. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm in the midst of launching my new community right now and things are crazy. So I appreciate you and your flexibility with my schedule as well. Yes, and I'm so happy to have you share your beautiful wisdom, your creativity, and just your gem here on the podcast with, with the world. So I would love if you can share a little bit about you, your background, and how did you get into poetry? Ooh, a bit about me. What my friend likes to call a multi-hyphenate creative. <laughs> so I do a lot of different creative things. I'm a poet. I'm a coach. I do creative consulting work. I host a podcast called The Deep Dive. And I'm also the founder of the Create Community. And for me, how I got into poetry specifically, because that's the thing that I would say most people know me for is my poetry, was... I don't know, several years ago now, maybe like seven, seven, eight years ago now, I was at an event and there were probably 20 different speakers, each going up and doing five minutes. And the last one to go was a spoken word poet. And up until that point in my life, I must be like 30 years old, I had never heard slam poetry before. I don't know how, or maybe I just didn't notice it or pay attention to it. And as soon as this person delivered his poem, I just knew I, I could do that. And I went home and within a day I had written a poem and I shared it with a bunch of my friends and they said, oh, that's really good. And one of them, Chris, he said, your next poem should be called You Are Who You've Been Looking For. And I thought, sure, why not? I, I got, I just starting. Sure, why not? That's a great prompt. And I went home and I wrote that in the next two days. And that poem is now the most viral poetry performance in history. It has been viewed over 250 million times. And it was the second po performance poetry piece I ever wrote because my friend gave me a prompt. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's how I got into poetry and also how years later my poetry would go viral. And now I, and it's become such a huge part of my life. Uh, and I love how you have just followed that intuition. And it's so cool that you just heard that speaker and you're like, I can do this. I don't think that happens very often in general for people that you just hear something and you're like, this is for me. So it's really cool. You listened to that nugget, to that intuition. And then the fact that you took on your friend's advice and you, it's not even advice, just the prompt and you played with it. 
because I think so many, so many times we tend to make things bigger and overthink and overcomplicate. And I think this is where creativity comes in, where you are able to release some of that overthinking. And as you are sharing in so many of your videos and so much in your content, that it's a soul creation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's two interesting parts to that. One is, yes, I said yes to the prompt. And th there's so much power in that because sometimes people always are waiting for signs. They're like, oh man, well, I, I just give me a sign. And sometimes the sign can come in the form of a prompt. It could come in the form of someone saying something. Often it's not that the universe isn't giving us signs. It's that most people don't know where to look or how to look or how to listen for those signs. And for me, it's a big part of, like I said, I'm launching the create community and how that's going to work is every month I give a prompt. I give a creative prompt to the community and then the community goes off and creates. Every per member gets to create whatever they want to create based off of that prompt. And I'm a big believer that the prompt may be the very thing that gets some of these people to go viral in their own creative expression or uh, get a huge shift in their mindset or whatever. Sometimes it really is the prompt. And, and so that's uh, a big part of my story and why I'm bringing it into my community. And then also the piece about, wow, I, I heard that I knew I could do it. It's funny because I felt like I could do it and I got this rush of energy, but then I thought to myself, maybe I can't do it. Maybe it's someone, maybe it's, I'm supposed to be directing because I, I come from a filmmaking background. So maybe, and I went up to him afterwards and I said, I'd love to direct a piece with you. Maybe we could collaborate. I'm a film director. And then I went home and wrote one anyway. But there was still that little bit of doubt. Like I got that flood of energy. And so I think oftentimes it's more important to follow that rush of energy or that curiosity or that intuition or inspiration more than it is to necessarily know what it's going to be or how it's going to turn out. I love that. So releasing the, the need to know and to know how you even got to make it happen. And one of the things I love asking my, my guests, Adam, is how do you define spirituality and how do you use it in your day-to-day -day life? Spirituality to me is your connection to the unseen forces that, that exist, the unseen threads of reality that many people will call God, many people will call it spirit or source or the divine or love, whatever those forces are that are really unseen, unproved, they're not scientifically proven yet. I think that's a big part of it because in many ways, spirituality is tied to faith and faith by sort of definition is you are believing in something that you can't yet prove. And to me, spirituality are, is your belief in the unproven parts of reality. Love it. Then how would you say your poetry, your artistry, has played a role in your spiritual journey? I see, I feel that creative energy is the purest expression of your soul. I think that your creative energy is an expression of your life force energy and there is no life force energy on earth 
that is the same as yours. It is uniquely yours. And, and so when you are expressing creatively, you are allowing your soul, basically your true essence, to move through you. And when you're giving your soul permission to move through you, that's such a healing thing. It, it's a massively healing act to give yourself permission to do that. It is incredibly powerful. And as a result, because it's healing, it's going to move you through so many different aspects of your conscious and unconscious mind. I like to say that by creating, you're putting a microscope on internally, but you're also putting a just like magnifying glass externally. You're going to get a mere reflection from the world when you share your art. And then internally, you're going to see aspects of yourself that you've never seen before. It's going to open up doorways to what's possible for your life. It's going to help you understand why you might behave the way you are or think the way that you do. It's really a, a beautiful dojo to, to explore. And would you say also it can help with becoming aware of limiting beliefs of what it's holding you back in your life, in expressing your true self, in taking more courageous and brave actions. Yeah, if you use it that way. And that's the key. Is if, the there's, there's, yeah, you have to be intentional about it. So one of the, when talking about mastery, people who have mastery, one of the big nuances of understanding how people become masters is recognizing that it's not about practice. It's about intentional practice. So the people who take a song and break it down into its parts and then understand the different parts. And maybe like I play guitar, for example, understanding, okay, there's a finger picking part. And so understanding how to break down and practice that. And then there's the chord progression and understanding how to practice that and then putting it all together that's a different way of practicing. There are some people who just go and play and you can just play the guitar. You will not get better as fast or as effectively or as efficiently as if you were to just be intentional with your practice. And so similarly with your creativity, you can be creative. You can write tons of poems and short stories and paint or whatever, and then you can be intentional with how you use it. And so there's two types of intentionality there in terms of practice. You can get intentional about being better at your craft. That's one. And that would change how you practice. And then you can get intentional at getting better at using creativity as a personal development tool. And that's what I've used it for so long. It's been such a major part of my life. And it is woven into the very fabric of the community where Every month I'm giving a workbook that has journaling prompts. So as an example of how you can do this, let's say that I'm writing a poem about self-love. The best thing to do, I actually, believe it or not, today on Instagram, I, I released a, a, my new poem, Heaven, which started with an inquiry around abundance. My, a friend of mine, she re was releasing a, a book called em Embrace Abundance, and I just she wanted me to write a poem about it. And I thought, wow, what does abundance actually mean to me? And then I had to explore that. I spent 
hours journaling about what does abundance mean? And that led me to gratitude. And I started thinking about what is gratitude really? And how can I be more great? And this exploration of my belief systems that happened from the creative process, but only because I used it that way. And so journaling is a huge way to do it. Conversation, self-exploration, and creativity just gives us a starting point as well as a pathway forward to be able to expand. And do you believe that every single person has a creativity within them? Because I know even for myself, I'm like, oh, I'm just not a creative person. Why would you say to those people like me or in general, we are like, I'm just not creative. What? Yeah. Why would you tell them? I would say that if you've ever said a word that you weren't reading out of a book, you're creative. <laughs> if you've ever, if you've ever taken a step that wasn't choreographed by someone else, you are creative because you are creating in every moment. What I'm doing right now is I'm creating. So what does that look like? Right now, my brain is putting together patterns of words that I haven't ever put together before. That's creativity. That's actually creativity. When I'm making a painting, I'm putting together colors and shapes and doing it in a way that I've never put together before. When I'm writing a poem, I'm putting together words in orders that I've never put together before. When I'm making a song on the guitar, it's different notes and sounds that I haven't put together before. That's creativity. And so we're doing that right now. Right. When, whenever we are moving, we are creating with our body. What's the difference between a dancer and someone who's just walking to work? Like the difference really is just intention. That's it. When I get out of bed in the morning and I stretch my body, that's no different because I'm not following, again, I'm not following what someone else is telling me to do. That's the same thing as if I chose to put on music and dance. The only thing that's different is the intention behind it and the mindset about it. And so I think for people who think they're not creative, no, no, no. They just think that creativity has to look a certain way. That's a very limited view on what creativity can be. That's right. And I'm so happy you're breaking that right now for me and for all the listeners, because now I can also embrace more of my uh, creativity. So thank you for that. And there is so, I remember when I have joined your workshop on uh, where you have guided us through a process at My Valley University to create our own poetry. And I just felt it in my heart when I was writing it, how raw it was. And also the process that you have guided us through. And maybe you can share a little bit of that process. Uh, you can give uh, the audience some prompts on how they can start writing their own poetry, how they can access more of their creativity. And there were some people that came on stage that you invited to, to come on stage and shared their poetry. And I remember when I raised my hand to, I'm like, I want to be picked, but I was so terrified. Why is it so hard for us and so vulnerable to, to share, to share it with the world? And how is it that you're doing so flawless? Like it, it seems so <laughs> flawless for you. So easy. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, there's, that comes back to the idea that creativity is an expression of our soul. Because if you really believe that, 
and you can feel that, well, then sharing your art is going to be the equivalent of sharing your soul with the world. And to be rejected for an idea, one thing. To be a, a rejected for asking someone out on a date or, or what, another thing. To feel like someone has rejected the very essence of who we are as a being, that our soul has been put on display and has been rejected. I can't think of anything more vulnerable than that. And that's why it's so scary for people to share their art and to share their creative expression. And honestly, the way that I have gotten better at that or have developed more courage for that has been through practice. There, so there are four pillars that I have made, they're the four pillars of my create community, but they're the four elements that I think are really important if someone really wants to optimize their full potential as a creative and their creative process. And their accountability and direction is the first pillar. Having some accountability, having some idea of direction where you're going. So that's needed because the creative process is so feminine in nature. It's completely open and anything's possible. You need a bit of that masculine structure of accountability and direction in order to actually have something get done and translated into kind of the 3D. So that's the first pillar. The second pillar is inspiration. Inspiration uh, is something that's very much misunderstood because people think that, oh, I'm not inspired. I'm waiting until I get inspired. You need to go out and get inspired. You get inspired by being around creative energy. And so the people who are regularly inspired are the ones who are in communities of creatives or are regularly attending creative events. Uh, the third pillar is visibility. And the fourth pillar is practice. And I'm going to combine these because it's to your, your point. A lot of people, the creative process for them, it's very lonely. The creative process can feel like no one is going to see the finished product. No one is there to support you in the creative process. And it can feel very lonely. And so one of the biggest things that has helped me is, have, is to have visibility. Having people in my life that I let into the process. That's a big part of my social media is, for example, I just released a new poetry album called The Journey Back to You. I let people in on my Instagram stories for, throughout the process. Whenever I was in studio, I was sharing thoughts and letting people into the process. Because for me, letting people into the process is a little way that I am preparing myself for the vulnerability of when the thing's actually done. And then once the thing's actually done and I'm sharing it out, having eyeballs on it is a big part of what helps me develop courage. If I were to finish something and no, never show it to anyone, I don't actually need to have courage. I don't have to strengthen that part of myself. And so there's practice and just doing it over and over. But also, again, I could practice in a cave by myself and not develop more courage. What I'm practicing is actually the visibility aspect. I'm letting people into the process and I'm letting people in on the final product. And I've been doing that for 20 years now. And that's the reason why 
it's gotten easier for me, but it's still a very vulnerable experience. It's not like that ever goes away. Wow. I love those four pillars. And it's such an important reminder that even if people see you out there, see me out there, see like us exposing, you know, exposing ourselves and being vulnerable and sharing our soul, that it doesn't mean we still don't have like hard moments or that it's always easy. It just becomes easier with practice. And I wouldn't just say that creativity is also, yes, we all have it, but if you want to write better poems and if you want to become more creative, it's also a skill that you develop the more you do it like anything else. Would you agree with that? Yeah, but don't, I want people to zoom out a little bit because a lot of people think, oh, poetry, that you have such a skill uh, for poetry. Yes, but it's, we can zoom out. Creativity is a skill. Creativity is something you can get better at. And so for, for me, I think it's important not to, and the reason why I do so many different things is because it's important not to label myself, wow, I'm a really skilled poet, but that's all I do. I'm just skilled at poetry. I remember when I first, I, so when I was, when, as soon as I graduated college, I was 22, I moved out to Los Angeles to pursue an acting career. And I only, I didn't think of myself as creative. I thought of myself as a skilled actor. And then I needed to start directing and writing. And I was thought of myself as, okay, I'm a writer. Now I'm a director and I'm still an actor. And then I encapsulated all of it as a filmmaker. Now I'm a filmmaker. But I kept trying to give these labels to that were so limiting. It wasn't until I really started stepping into music that I went, okay, now I'm this. And then I started claiming the word artist. And I thought, okay, I'm an artist. But what is an artist? An artist is just someone who expresses their creativity. That's really all it is. And the skill isn't, I'm, I'm not like a skilled artist. What are we really saying? We're saying that you are skilled at expressing your creativity. And that might be through one medium like painting or sculpting or drawing, or it could be a variety of different ones. What my goal is to help people understand that everyone is creative. You have creative energy. You can develop the skill of creativity and it will make your life so much better if you allow yourself to do that. I don't know where that's going to take you necessarily. I don't know what you're going to fall in love with. I'm not sure what you're going to want to do with it. But just having creativity in your life should be something that we're taught as kids is of vital importance to our overall health and being the same way that we're raised to believe that exercise is important. This is create, create you need to exercise your creativity. Yeah. Yes, I think as as children, we practice that so much, but then we become adults and we get so busy with the day-to-day life that it's not, I would say it's not a priority or it's not something that we are taught in general as humans, as a society, that creativity should be an essential part of our day-to-day life because it's our expression, no? And there are so many people out there, but you are really standing out. And when I hear you speaking and when I hear your poetry, when I hear your soul expression, like I have goosebumps. 
throughout my whole body. Like it's so beautiful. Like it, it just, it, it comes through. And what do you think that helps you to tap into that and differentiates you from other people out there who might do similar poetry or similar things to you? That's a tough question to answer because I would say that there's probably people who feel that way about other poets and don't feel that way about me or they feel it about a certain type of music and why do we like one type versus another? I wouldn't expect myself to be, my poetry to be loved by everyone. Mm -hmm. But what I do, but what I do believe is that everything I do comes from a deep place of truth and from the, the most vulnerable edges of my consciousness, of what I feel. And I think that truth and vulnerability create such a deep gateway for connection. And so if all I'm doing is finding a way to be deeply truthful to my human experience, there are going to be people who un like relate to that experience. And the more vulnerable I am in sharing that experience, then the more opportunity people have to connect deeper. Like the truth, they're like, oh, I connect to that. But then if it's a real vulnerability, like if I'm sharing from the depth of myself, then that's going to touch the depths within someone else if they resonate. It, it has the potential to penetrate deeper. And so the process that I use to create and the way in which I, I live the creativity on a day-to-day -day basis and, what I, and it's what I've brought into my community is a way of creating that calls forth your truth, calls forth your vulnerability and invites you to grow and expand through the process. And when you can share from that place, I think that the people who do resonate, the people who can relate to you are going to feel that depth because you're willing to put it out there. But not everyone creates from that place. And that's why it's important to be around people who are a safe space. A lot of people have the desire to express vulnerably and truthfully, but they don't have a place to do it. They, their friends and family may not be that safe space. They have always wanted to write poetry or start singing or whatever, but where do they go? Where can they find those, the safe space to, to practice, to try? And for a lot of people, when we grow up, we can have an experience of trying something creative and then being told that we're not good at it. Someone tells us we, we have a bad singing voice or we try out for, we submit a, a poem or a drawing to a contest and we don't win, like whatever it is. And at an early age can feel like we're just not good at it mm -hmm. and lose sight of the fact that creativity is not a, just about being good at it for a result. Creativity is about the process. It's about what it provides you as you are doing it. And it's similar to, again, I use this analogy a lot, 
about working out and the idea of being in shape, not everyone, the vast majority, like 95% of the people who work out aren't trying to be professional athletes or bodybuilders or whatever. Working out is not leading them directly to the job necessarily. 95% of the people who exercise do so because they realize that the, that exercising elevates their overall health. Exercising makes them feel better. Exercising can improve the quality of their life. This is the same exact thing as creativity. So many people think that creativity needs to lead to a job as an artist, a musician, or whatever, when in fact, creativity is just one of the vital pieces that is going to improve the quality of your life and keep you overall happier and healthier. Yeah. And as adults, I think we would have to learn to just allow ourselves to play and to do things just for the pleasure of doing it without having that, oh, it needs to become something. It needs to turn into something. If not, there is no reason or purpose to do it. So I think this is where it comes back more to the childhood and to tap into your inner child. And when we are a child and we are playing, we're not thinking, oh, I'm playing because I have the goal of. No, you were just playing because it was fun. Absolutely. That's the point of play. Like we play just, people think about playing sports. There's a difference between playing sports and competing in sports. They're two different things. Yeah, when you just play, let's go out and play soccer. We're just going to go out and play. If you now want to take it to the point where now I compete in soccer, that's, it becomes a, a different thing. And similarly with anything in our life, if we're attaching a needed result to the end of it, suddenly we're not really playing. We're competing. We're competing with ourselves. We're competing with the job market. We're competing with whatever. And some people love competition, step up to competition, get a lot of value out of competition. I'm personally one of those people. I love it. There are other people where the idea of like turning creativity into competition isn't enticing at all. So why? Why are they doing it without even realizing they're doing it? Yeah. And I'm curious if you have any daily practices, daily rituals that you use in your everyday life to help you tap more into your creativity. Part of my, the way that I, I approach creativity is through four steps. There's a four-step process. I think I spoke about it at Mind Valley, and it's the four-step process that we use as a framework and, and guidance um, inside the create community, which is a recognition that your creative energy is not just for a project or a piece of art. Your creative energy is something that you're able to cultivate so that you have it more readily available. You have more of it. You can turn up the flow. That's what I call that step. Again, we'll use going to the gym as an example. Getting stronger, doing a bench press is not just for the bench press. You're now stronger with, overall when you 
pick up things around the house or going running is not just so that you can be a faster runner. You've improved your cardiovascular health, which would help you when you go on hikes or when you swim or whatever. And so with creativity, my creative process and the way in which I expand creatively is to include things like how is my physical vessel? Ultimately, creative energy is just like all other energy. It will move through my body and be expressed. How much energy can my body capacitate? How much energy do I have available to me? When I am sick or unwell, I'm not tired, I'm, I don't have as much energy. I don't feel as creative. I don't feel as vibrant or vital. And so for me, every morning, I'm doing things like stretching. I'm going on a run or a walk. I'm getting out into the sun. I meditate. I journal. These are all, I listen. I take in new information through audiobooks and podcasts. These are all things that I do. I pretty much do all of those things every single day. Just some of them in the morning, some of them throughout, but all of those practices just about every day. Beautiful. And I, and what would you say to those people that maybe they are newer to this type of journey and they're like, I do not have the, the time to do all these things or they are not, they're not ready to do all these things because it can take hours a day to tap into doing all these things, into growing yourself and tapping into your creativity. If you would be to choose, okay, these are the three main things. Or if my client comes to me and says it doesn't have time to do that, I would recommend them to start with these three things. Or how would you share that with them so they can five, even five, five minutes, let's say they're going to start with five minutes a day to tap into their creativity. What would you suggest from this? Yeah, so I have worked with a lot of clients over the years, one-on-one -on -one or in masterminds or group programs. And I've had a number of them say, I just am so busy, I don't have the time. And the starting point is always with one thing. And you can always find the time, make the time is actually more accurate. You have to make the time for that thing. Most people, like right now, if you're listening to this and you think you're one of those people that doesn't have the time, go into your phone and look at your screen usage. Like actually, for all of you who are telling me you don't have the time, pull out your phone and look at the, the usage on your phone and how much time is spent on social media or listening to music or whatever every single day, every single week. Most people have no idea just how much time is lost mindlessly doom scrolling. Yeah. I know it because I'm not immune to it. There are times where I'll get on Instagram to answer some messages and next thing I've spent 15 minutes just scrolling through different things. And I, can, I try and justify it as, oh, a lot of those things were interesting. I learned something. I got motivated or whatever. But because I'm so busy with other stuff that lights me up, those 15 minutes are better used for me to, to work on a poem, 
those 15 minutes would be better used for me to meditate. Those 15 minutes would be better used for a lot of other things, play the guitar. And so that's the starting point. You have the time if, if you reprioritize. And then if you're actually someone who's sitting here and saying, I, I actually am never wasting time on social media. I really am back to back from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed. Then my answer to you is you wake up 10 minutes earlier. That's everyone can do that. You can choose to wake up 10 minutes earlier and meditate for 10 minutes. You can choose to set that alarm 10 minutes earlier and immediately get up, go and, and start stretching your body for 10 minutes. You can wake up and roll over and grab your journal and just do some brain dump journaling sessions first thing in the morning or right before you go to bed. You have that ability. There's no one who is... 24-7, back-to-back every single day without that ability. And if you're sitting here and telling me, yeah, but I barely get any sleep, and I, as it is, I'm so busy and whatever, cool, keep your life exactly where it is. Keep your life exactly where it is. If you're not willing to do any of what I just said, then don't expect your life to change. If you want something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. And you're going to have to get uncomfortable because everything that you haven't done is going to lie on the other side of your comfort zone because you've never done it. And so you're going to have to be willing to get uncomfortable if you want to stretch and create something new for your life. Yes. <laughs> yes to that. So it's a matter of finding the links, the leaks within your day where you're wasting time and then prioritizing what is truly important for you. And be honest when you're listening to this, just be honest what is really important and you're going to see what is important to you based on where you are spending your time pretty much. So we are coming very close to an end, but I would love to hear what are some of the upcoming projects, some exciting things that you are working on uh, at the moment. Yeah, thank you. I'm most excited about the relaunch of the Create community. It's been, this is such a huge thing for me. I'm so excited to bring a safe space for people to come together and create. The ability for people to get a creative prompt and then create their art and be celebrated, be seen, get a chance to share and be witnessed. This is huge for me. I'm so excited for it. And I think that on the outside of the create community. So if anyone's interested in that, they can go to thecreatecommunity.com and find their way there. And then outside of that, we have a, if people are listening to this right when it comes out, there's a free creativity challenge that I'm going to be hosting on September 24th. This is a four day condensed version of what we do inside the create community. So if you're someone who just wants to come and challenge yourself to see what you could create in four days with a little bit of guidance and with community support. It's a free challenge and I would love to have you in it. And then other than that, I'd encourage people to listen to my new poetry album, The Journey Back to You. It's out on all your streaming platforms like Spotify or Apple Music or iTunes. And it is a full 33 minute journey with three different chapters and really is a deep look into relationships and love and what it means to heal your heart and be and open yourself up to love again. So those are some fun and exciting things. Plus people can always find me and my podcast, The Deep Dive, or find me on YouTube or Instagram or any of those places. 
Yes, amazing. And I cannot wait to go and listen to your last release. I know it's going to touch my heart as all of your work has been. And I'm so grateful for your time. I'm so grateful for having you here and for the audience. Make sure you check the show notes where you're going to find all the links on where you can find Adam and how you can get in touch with him. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you so much. And thank you to each and every one of you for listening. I love you. I appreciate you. And I believe in you. Thanks for tuning in to Spiritual Changemakers podcast. To stay connected and help us reach more people like you, please subscribe, follow, and leave a comment. Join our community of spiritual changemakers on social media to connect with like-minded individuals and continue the conversation. Remember, the power to create positive change is within you. Keep showing up as your best self and let's keep the magic of change alive. Until next time.